Gradcast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I'm your host, Ariel Fram. And I'm your co-host, Laura Muñoz. Today we're here with Jessica Noviel. Yeah, good. <laughs> and uh, we're excited to talk about her work. So Jessica, why don't you go ahead and tell us what program are you in and what are you studying? Yeah, so hi, thank you for having me. Uh, so first of all, I'm French. That's why I wasn't sure about my last name. Um, and I'm in the French department, but I have a specificity. Um, it's that I work on medieval literature and I crossed my subject with gender and queer studies and literature as well. Cool, so when you mention uh, French literature, how do you study literature? Okay, so I started studying literature in France. So I did my entire scholarity in literature and it was like um, really general, I would say, like you go through a lot of centuries. And in my third year, uh, we have only three years in French for undergrad and two for master, so graduate student. So in my third year, I started to be really interested in medieval literature and medieval is from um, I say 11th, 12th century, like we start there until 15. And I started to be really interested in that because you probably all heard about the King Arthur mythology. Um, and I started to be really interested in those stories and to, it was really exciting to read them in old French because it's not the same language, it's actually old French. And that's how I started to be really interested in that topic. Uh, and now uh, I'm working on a manuscript, which is a 13th century manuscript called uh, The Romance of Silence or Le Roman de Silence in French. That, that's cool. So, so uh, this is a, a PhD in French literature uh, with, with, a, with a focus, specific focus. Yes. And uh, it sounds like, from my understanding, what you're saying is that, you know, usually you would look at a at a time time period and focus on that and then uh, read some literature there and then maybe later in the degree you sort of narrow down to particular stories like you like you've mentioned uh yeah basically when i did my master's degree i narrowed down it in um, philology so it's editing text so you transcribing text actually and working on the language so like it was my main focus when I did my uh, two theses in medieval literature. And, but my work here, it's focusing on one text. Like you don't have to focus on one text when you do any kind of literature. It can be an author, it can be a period of time. Yes, Pro most of the time short period of time because literature like is really, you know, like huge. You can find so many different things in the same century especially in French literature, I would say. Um, but I choose one text because it's really specific. And when I say I crossed it with gender and queer studies, it's because it's a really specific story about uh, character, like the Roman de silence. So silence is not silent, it's a name. So it's the name of the main character. So it's silence actually. And uh, silence is a really specific 
character, I'd say, because uh, Sinons was born as female, but socialized and raised as a boy and will become a knight. So that's also why I'm working, uh, I'm crossing the medieval literature with like gender questions because I'm studying the characters through the lens of questions. That's very interesting because uh, when you tell me medieval literature, I don't really know where to go. Like my brain doesn't know where to go. So I don't know which, okay. if you could give us an overview of the kind of stories that were told on that, like on that century. I don't know. If, I don't even know if it's a century or several centuries. So can you give us like an overview of the type of literature that they talk about uh, in this period and why you think this is an exceptional piece of manuscript? Yeah, so basically it will be a lot of uh, what we call like Arthurian literature. So uh, literature focused on uh, the night, you know, of the round table. I think we say like this, like we, we say like this in English, but I'm not sure. Um, so basically you have the King Arthur, which who is the King of England and is surrounded by knights and they're looking for the Graal. Uh, so it's the recipient in which Jesus would have bled, allegedly. And so they're looking for this uh, artifact. And so it's a lot of, it's really complicated because in medieval literature, it's really rare to have one author or the name of an author. Most of the time you have texts with an S also. Uh, one text, one story could be in several texts and it doesn't have to be the exact same story every time because we still talk about manuscripts. So written by the hand of someone. So sometimes people decide to just change uh, some details in the stories. So it can be a little bit complicated for that. Um, medieval literature is like really specific in that sense because most of the time the author of one text doesn't have to be known. The idea of propriety is not really important. Um, even I would say like it's not really good to come up with a lot of new ideas and new character. Uh, so most of the time you use something which already exists. So if you want to make up story, you will have to, uh, I mean, you will have to, but it will be great. Uh, and people will like the fact that you use people, you use the work of someone else before you. Um, and so uh, regarding to the stories, it could be three big subjects. Um, one will be biblical. So any kind of biblical figures, it's written on my field. I don't know, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, another one will be the rewriting of a lot of um, mythological stories. Um, for example, the war with uh, Troy, the Trojan War. Uh, so this one or any kind of mythologic stories, you will find a lot of rewriting of that. We call them translation, like in French actually. So like it's not exactly the same meaning in French translation, 
which means it's not exactly in translation because um, they involve God in it because it's still medieval stories when in the original stories you have several gods, right? You have like, you know, so um, there's a huge difference between those texts. And it's because I would say it's they, even if I don't know exactly who they he is, but like, it's because like they want people to know about those stories. So scripts will rewrite those stories. And so um, it's, yeah, mythological. And after you have the author stories. So it's not, it doesn't have to be on Arthur specifically. Most of the time it's on people around him. So his knight or wife or yeah, people around. And sometimes it's on a medieval world or like a chivalric world first Arthur. So we talk about him a little bit to settle the context to be like, we are in the same world, kind of, but it's after him, sometime 50 or 100 years after him, but it's still in this idea of like, we have a king of England with knights, and this is the setting of our stories. And my, I worked mostly in this area, actually. Wow, so th this is cool. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so you've laid out the different types of medieval literature. Uh, if I'm understanding correctly, it's still a biblical, translational, and Arth King Arthur-related types. Um, and it, interesting, it's really interesting to hear. It, to, I mean, it sounds like, just like we have um, the like uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> we've got the medieval cinematic universe, which is just to say like, uh, that's, I don't know if you know, Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe is it's just like movies where each movie is taken from the same story but at like different times with different mm -hmm. main focus characters so it sounds like that's sort of what's happening with the medieval yeah. literature they're all Actually, like kind of saying right. hey we're part of the same story but this happened at a different time so you it's got the same characters it's the same idea yeah uh, I just forgot something because like I specifically talked about novels here and novels must be serious but we also have like a like a huge other part of medieval literature was like comedy, what we call farce also, or fabliaux, which is also really important, but really not my, uh, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, my supervisor is a specialist. So uh, I think he would be awesome talking about it, but like not me, but it's really important. Too. Would you it's say, would you say that's kind of like a, so in in the movies world, <laughs> there's like the story, the main story, and all these movies fall maybe in the same story. And when they when they all fall in the same story, they call it canon. Whereas sometimes there's parody movies that are related, and they're making a joke of the same characters, but um, um, but they're not no, canon. No, not really, because like the novel has to be serious, kinda. Okay. Um, also, novels are serious, and everything else like what we can call right now short novel, it doesn't have to be. And so most of the time, those short novels will be about people, uh, regular people like you and me, peasant, um, clerk, things like this, uh, people like this, uh, about what's happening in this world at the time. So it doesn't have to be uh, grounded in really huge epical stories. Not at all. It can be 
parodical, by the way, but it doesn't have to be. But again, really not myself. But um, to come back to what you say about the Marvel or the AC, um, the Marvel like um, superheroes, it's the same idea, actually. Exactly, you're right. Like you have like those characters written by one person at the beginning after someone else come and like be like, oh, I re rewrite that. And someone else will come and say like, oh, we'll add something else. It's exactly this idea. So thank you for that. It will make my job way easier to explain that to people later. <laughs> cool, that's like super interesting because now we have an overview of the world that you're working on. So in this world, we, we have a medieval world where we have like a king and knights and specifically your story it's about like one person who grew up as a boy, even though uh, it was female assigned at birth. At birth. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit more about this story and why it caught your attention, please? Yes. Um, I was always a little bit afraid of this story, this story actually, because it's a read I don't want to say touch a subject because I, I love it, but I was afraid of making mistakes, maybe working on it. And but and I didn't want to work on it at the beginning, which is a funny part of it. I had when I started when I started my PhD, I wanted to focus on what I called a typical woman in the medieval literature. It was my first idea. So I had already a few texts like different sources that I was interested in and uh, this the roman de silence caught my attention not because of silence silence right away I mean it did but I didn't want to go really in that direction but because of uh, who I call the evil queen um, so to give context of this story uh, so, so King Evan married a femme. A little bit after, two count uh, married twin sisters, and one is claiming to have the eldest. And to decide who will inherit of the land of the sisters, so like, and which one is who will be inherited between the two of them. They just decided to fight and they kill each other. And to prevent that, King Evan decided to forbid women to inherit, which is really sexist, by the way, but it's not my main focus here. Like it doesn't decide to just forbid people to fight over that. No, no, no. It decided to forbid women to inherit. I'm like, okay. But uh, it all starts because of that, actually. Years after, the nephew of King Evans married a femi, really close to a femme, right? It was made on purpose, actually. Um, so they have a kid. And the kid is born female. But the problem is, Cador is the Count of Conroll which is like a really big and important county in England and back in time and still now actually, but like in the medieval um, world, it's really important. And they want their kid to inherit. 
So they decide to pretend that the kid is a boy. So the kid is like sent a little bit like far away um, with someone that they trust. And that is, and I say he because he really identifies as a boy. So it was raised and socialized as a boy. And in medieval literature, it's really important to make the distinction because even kids, noble kids, we don't talk about peasant here, we're talking about nobility. So noble kids, they are educated in a certain way, educated and socialized in a certain way. Kids like boys, little boys, they're being outside because they will become knights, most of them. So they need to, uh, you know, to be to become muscular and to play around, play wall, things like this. And little girls, it's really the opposite. They have to stay inside to learn how to sew and uh, really being quiet and calm. Um, so there's this big differences between like silence was never, never never raised as a girl. He doesn't know what it is. Like he doesn't even know what they can do or not do because he was always socialized as a boy. And that's the background of the story because after like, it has a lot of layers I'd say, and this is a beginning. So I'm guessing the, 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 the instance where silence interacts with the queen is then when silence grows up and that's where the I mean you said the queen was your, your yes that's who you I, cared about the most so what yeah, happened true. silence and the queen so um there's a part so when uh silence is around eight or nine um his parents come to tell him that he's not a normal boy like maybe he realized that or not but they they tell him to be careful um which is interesting it's that within the story, when uh, Kador talks to his son, he say, um, he used like masculine adjective and masculine way of talking to him, even in the, the intimacy. And so he really thinks that he's not a usual boy, but he's still a boy. And so he grows up and uh, around 12, is not completely sure about what to do anymore. And it's never really said in the story, but a lot of people and myself will argue that it's because it's probably on this period <laughs> and like nature is showing up. And so it doesn't really know how to do and he feels like he's not a proper boy. And so he leaves um, the country he goes to France with some minstrels, so people play music. He learns how to play music here and with them. They try to kill him for reasons because he's too good actually. And so they try to kill him and he is like, you know what, I'll just go back to my dad because it's better. And he becomes a knight there because he's big enough. He learned enough like, he learned about the world also, and he became a musician, which is really appreciated by a lot of people. And so when he becomes a knight, he goes to the King Evan cult, meet the queen, 
everyone is in awe in front of him because he's such a beautiful human being. Uh, and we see that at the beginning of, um, of, not the beginning of the story, but right before he was born, uh, the text says that nature made him perfect. So physically the most beautiful person you will ever see. And which is really interesting because like, he confuses a lot of people because he's a guy, but like even kings or like people around are like, oh, what a beautiful boy. And the queen is like really attracted to him. And also again, he plays music, which is a sign of intelligence and also grace in medieval literature. Not everyone is able to. Um, so she's really interested in him. And she will trick him three times to be closer to him and ask him to be a lover like this. The first time is like, no. And she's like, okay, whatever. But, and she tries to avoid her for a while. And the second time uh, he says no again, really doesn't like it. And she pretends that's a tricky part, that he raped her, which he can't, <laughs> in that sense, at least. And the thing is like, he can't protect himself. He can't say that's not true because cross-dressing is actually a crime. So if he says to the king, I, I didn't do it, that's not true because by the way, I don't have this. Um, he will be killed anyway. Uh, so the queen goes to the king and say, Sidon's tried to rape me. And the king is like, nah, you know, boy will be boys. So to appease the queen, uh, the queen wants him dead because she felt humiliated actually by uh, him refusing her, but he can't kill him because is the heir of Cornwall. You can't make that happen. They're too powerful. It will be a war, like they can't do that. So what he will do is send um, Silence to the French court. And here he becomes really loved by everyone. Uh, they like him, he's having the time of his life and he's really happy. But a war happens between the King of England and someone else. And so they need him back. So he comes back and the queen tries again. She's really persistent. And, um, and this time when he refused again, uh, the queen says to the king, you know what, I really don't wanna see him. So please make him go away. And to make that happen, she comes up with this idea of going looking for Merlin, maybe is his name uh, will ring a bell to you. Um, so, is that the wizard? He, sorry, is that the wizard guy? Yes, yes, this one. Um, so Merlin in this story is not is really not a main character, but it's the same character that we all heard about um, because it's kind of immortal, so he can't really die, um, and. But years ago, like 100 years ago, 
uh, is saying uh, prophecy that he will disappear in the wood and that the only person who will be able to um, capture him uh, will be because of the, I don't have to tra translate that, but I, was, I would say the brain of a woman and silence is sent to capture him and it captures him. And so it's a really frustrating story because at the end of the story, Merlin, Merlin uh, comes home, comes home to the court with Silence, and Merlin knows everything. Like he's a wizard, he has a lot of knowledge. So he knows the truth about the queen, and he knows the truth about Silence as well. He humiliates the queen, saying that also she has another lover, cross-dressed as a nun. And he says the truth about Silence. And the thing is like Silence is so loyal, he's such a good knight that the king decides to forgive him. And the part that I really don't like about this novel, but it, it's also why it's so interested, uh, interesting. It's so they kill the queen. Just kill her, she just disappear. Like, we don't want her anymore because she actually sinned like pretty bad. So that's why she she's been killed. And in three days, silence becomes a woman again. Like physically, everything losing all of the musculation, everything. Like she's a woman. I mean, I'd say he, but like he's a woman again. Everything looks like a woman, and uh, the king decides to marry silence. Yeah, <laughs> that's the story. What a wild, wild story! I can see, why, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know too many medieval stories, but uh, certainly this one sounds wild, and I can't imagine there are too many that uh, that get this wild. Uh, you know, thanks for sharing that whole story with us. Yeah, sorry, it was a little bit long, but um, and I was really interested in the queen character at the beginning because she's just so evil. And so smart. Like she, what I love about this character is like she's really, really smart, and she puts all of this intelligence in destroying him. Mm. Like it's a goal. <laughs> she really wants to. What, what are you intending to do with this story? Like, are you studying it because you want to uh, show the world how people used to talk about these type of characters, or because you would like to? elaborate on evil woman on medieval uh, text do or what's your what's your purpose with this with this study yeah so i was focusing on the queen at the beginning but after i realized that there was so many things to say about this story like you 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 realized as well i guess um that i decided to uh, to make this text my main text. So I'm just working on that. And um, the thing is like, it's a, the manuscript, it's a pretty, it's weird because a lot of people know about the story because the main character is what we will call today a trans person, like character. Um, 
So a lot of people in the LGBTQI community actually know the story. Uh, and that's why I learned about it as well. But in the academical world, and especially in the French one, they don't really talk about it because they're afraid of it. Uh, the relationship between Silence and the Queen is already weird. Even if you don't accept Silence as a trans character of, or as a boy, let's say just a boy, well, in that case, the Queen has desire for women. And if you accept the character as a boy, well, we're talking about trans identity. I mean, again, in my world. So my, I guess what I wanted to show is, first of all, that uh, LGBT, LGBTQI uh, people already exist in those stories in the 13th century. Uh, that's, I would say, of the first ID. And the second is I focus a lot on the critical reception of the text in the, in the acad academical world. So I'm interested in what people from an English background have to say and uh, what people from a French background have to say. And the thing is like the English scholars were, were more influenced by the emergence of the queer studies. So queer studies are the studies which are focused on LGBTQI stories. And so at some point they crossed the field. Uh, you can find a lot of article in English about the lesbian desire of the queen, for example. It's people who decided that silence was not a boy, but they still talked about the lesbian desire of the queen. In France and with French scholar, you won't find those. Um, they're really shy, I would say. <laughs> um, they don't really want to talk about it and they completely stop talking about it. Like in today, people don't talk about this text. And as I said a little bit earlier, which is really, really odd about this story, it's like there's no French edition of it and only one translation. It's a text in Old French. It's in Old French. It's not, it's not in Old English, it's in Old French. Uh, so a lot of texts in Old French have their French edition. Like it makes sense, you know? But I guess, first of all, the text is um, in a library at Nottingham University. So not in France. So people, like I, I think there, there is this barrier, the physical one, um, when physical and also I would say the language because a lot of French scholars don't speak English. So it would be harder for them to go there and to study the text, but also the subject. And we can't deny that. And that's also a big part of my dissertation is to kind of confront those two approaches and to question, like why? Why is it so hard for 
French scholar to talk about that text and to come up with a French edition. Well, it sounds like not only um, are you going to be providing uh, another outlook on this text and what it, what, what it means, but also comparing it between these different cultures and then describing, you know, French culture and English speaking culture, uh, how, how does that differ? So that's, uh, that's gonna be a really, uh, give good insight to where this story is actually coming from, I think. Yeah, I'm trying. Um, I, I say like being in Canada is really helpful for that because we can cross fields. Um, so that's also why I always say that I'm working on a medieval stories, but through the lens of gender and queer studies. Even if I work on the language a little bit, uh, I work on the text itself in Old French. Um, I still want to prove something here. <laughs> I, I do have an agenda. I do have uh, not an agenda, but I have my own idea of the text. And of course, I want to share that in my dissertation. But the idea is not to insult people and to be like, oh, what you said about it, it's wrong and I'm right. No, but to question their vision of it. Um, why? Because the text is really clear about it. Like the character really feels like is a boy, is a knight. He doesn't want to be anything else. There's no fun in being a woman for him. He doesn't want that at all. And the second is a woman, and the text say again, but I disagree with the again because it was never one to begin with. It was never socialized as a woman, but when he is a woman and he, he married the king, we don't have access to his voice anymore. And so in that case, the name, his name, silence, is really on point because at the end of the text, when we follow him through the entire text, he's the one talking, he's the main character. We follow his thoughts and what he's doing, is a really powerful leader. He talks to people a lot and he's a musician. And at the end, we don't hear him anymore. And, and so a lot of people like really want to use that uh, like as a proof that silence is actually a woman. For me, it's not a proof, it's just social uh, structure that you have to follow and you can't you can't finish that book being like and it just continue being as a knife like his entire life that's not possible it, we are in the 13th century so um it, it can't happen um they had to i don't like to say that but in that frame uh they had to um like go back to the nature you know like like nature has to do his work again and the work is nature made silence a woman and so it's going back in circle like uh things were not okay for a while but silence is such a great personality such a beautiful person that 
they earned uh, to be a queen, apparently. You know. Uh, I mean, there's certainly a lot to think about in this story, and you've got uh, a lot to go off uh, for the for your thesis. Uh, it's going to be super exciting as you go through this uh, and the story of silence as you tell it and discuss it. But, uh, you know, here on GradCast, we also want to know the story of Jessica. <laughs> so uh, uh, can you tell us, uh, you know, what are your plans, I guess, after PhD? And then, you know, people want to follow up with you, uh, maybe on the internet uh, to see what you're up to and where you're going. <laughs> uh, I guess my plan will be if if I can uh, would be to uh, write an edition of this text um, because there's no there's a French translation but uh, there's no edition and also no back-to-back -back text so like um, it doesn't exist like in French you don't have the old French uh, text and the translation in front of it. Um, and it's really important for people to have um, the original text. It exists in English and Spanish and Italian, but not in French. Um, yeah, so I would like to do that. It's a lot of work, but it will be really interesting. Um, also because no one apparently uh, no one is doing that now. So if you know someone who is doing that, just let me know, but apparently it's not happening. <laughs> so I'll try to uh, to do that. Uh, and I'm pretty active in Instagram, uh, most of the time sharing a lot of things about LGBTQI community <laughs> because it's also my thing. Um, uh, Atypic, so A-A-T-Y-P-I-K, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's an open account, so. Beautiful, okay, cool. Well, we'll put that in the synopsis and uh, people will go check it out and we'll see see how your work goes. And maybe the Thank French you. speakers will will one day have a, a modern French version to, to, to look at. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks I'll for coming on. I was also thinking about maybe one day translate my work in English because right now I'm writing in French. It's all part of this work in English. So let's see if it will happen or not. But uh... Fingers crossed. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Jessica. Thank you. This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I've been your host, Ariel Frame, uh, with my co-host, Laura Minos. We've been speaking with Jessica Noviel, and this episode was also produced by Laura as well. Uh, if you want to get involved in the show, you can contact us, gradcastradio at gmail.com. Um, if you want to find us on our social media, we're everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Gradcast Radio. Uh, we're also, you know, if you want to listen to our episodes on our website, gradcast.ca, on the radio, Radio Western 94.9 FM, uh, and on podcasts, uh, wherever podcasts are available, and YouTube. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night.